Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. So the pandemic of 2020 popularized. Do I, do they have my, oh yeah, there's my title, y'all. What's your norm? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So the pandemic of 2020 popularized a, a phrase, new normal. I got so sick of hearing that, y'all. New normal. Everybody was saying it. News was saying it. This is your new normal. This is your new normal. But um, the, phase, the phrase itself is not new. So I've heard this in the body of Christ before. Um, you know, if somebody gets married, that you have a new normal. When you lose somebody, whether divorce or, or death, it's a new normal. So why is it now that the world has popularized it, the body of Christ act like the world got some kind of revelation? That's rhetorical, y'all. Y'all go marinate on that. Because what does the word say about newness? Doesn't the word talk all the time about new? When you gave your life to Christ, you became a new creature, correct? Okay. So if old things are passed away, what should your normal look like? Because if you went Christ and you are the same before the day you got saved, that's a problem. So you should be experiencing new normals and newness all the time. All the time. So what we need to do is stop trying to be a Christian and just be one to experience those new things. Because when you renew your mind, you get transformation. But when you are trying to be a Christian, that's when you fail. When you be a Christian, that's when you mature and grow. So today is the day of self-examination. I'm not going to ask you to talk to your neighbor because right now you need to talk to yourself. (laughs) Now, there are some things that you don't need deliverance for. There is just some things that you know are just wrong. Nobody needs, you don't need deliverance to stop cheating on your taxes. (laughs) Selling your children. (laughs) Letting somebody else claim your children. That's what I meant by selling your kids, not really selling your kids. Stay with me, y'all. Stay with me. I know it's early. You don't need deliverance to stop driving without a valid license or without insurance. You don't need deliverance to show up on your job on time and stop taking supplies home. We all been guilty of that. Y'all know y'all got a drawer full of them pens. Take them back to work. But you have to examine your norms. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to play with y'all. So this is what I'm going to do because this, ner- this message made me really nervous. Your norm of having thoughts of homicide and suicide. There's kids. I'm talking to adults and children because right now children are taking their lives. 
For some people, the thought of suicide every day is a norm. It's the day-to-day. And kids. And the sad thing is, one of my friends is in the area, they're experiencing a lot of children, the youngest 13, taking their life. And instead of people dealing with the fact that these kids are committing suicide, they're saying stuff like, oh, well, now he's your family's angel. So then you got kids thinking, well, if I don't like life here, I can be somebody's angel and I can be happy instead of telling them the truth. So we sugarcoating. But that's not normal. You do know that, right? It doesn't do anybody any good, and it don't solve anything. Other than adultery, suicide is probably the most selfish thing anybody could ever do. Because when you're in that place, I get it, been there, done that. I've been there. All you want to do is make the pain go away. I get it. But what we don't think about is what happens to the people we leave behind. And that's a permanent solution to a temporary situation. Nothing is that bad. He or she is not worth that. The pain that you feel and the things that you deal with in your past is not even worth that. Because in this house, in that resource center, we got everything you need on every topic you can think about. And then you have people that you have wisdom, that you can get over your pride and stop thinking you're the only one going through this and don't nobody understand me and get before your parents, that you call them your parents and talk to them. Stop worrying about people being in your business. Your business is where you, why you are where you are. All right. Because, see, you have to know that you are experiencing spiritual warfare. And there's a difference. You can be influenced or seduced by spirits. The difference in influence and seduction, because I had to look it up when the Lord gave it to me, is see, seduction will make you, seduction of a spirit will make you be disloyal and walk away. It actually means to lead astray by persuasion or false promises to persuade, persuade to disobedience, disloyalty. But those thoughts can be overcome with the mind of Christ. It is necessary to renew your mind. In Romans 12 and 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Those thoughts must be cast down. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 in the New King James Version says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing, that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into a captive, bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. 
So what if your norm is misery? Misery like company. Sometimes misery don't want you to get deliverance. Be careful of that friend that try to give you advice and tell you you don't need to talk to your pastors. Because they don't want to see you healed and delivered. They like you where you are. Some of them, they connected to you because you make them feel better about themselves. Because as long as you're beneath them, they feel good about themselves. You better be careful who you connected to. Don't be seduced by some spirit that's going to let you turn against your parents. And I'm using the word that you use. I love my mom and dad. I love my mom and dad. Okay. Then you don't let nobody talk you out of your for your parents or your love for God. Why you go to that church? They ain't nothing but a cult. All they want is your money. You know what? KL can have my money. But again, who are you to tell me what to do with my stuff? You better watch them influence spirits. Who are you going? How old are you to tell me how much of my money to give to the church? I got a scripture for you first, Thessalonians 4 and 11. I'm paraphrasing. To lead a quiet life, mind your business. You don't believe me? Look it up on your app because it's there. It'll, it'll change your life. I promise you. If you tell more people to mind their business, get out yours. You don't need to go to your pastors for no marriage or counseling. Really? Why are they telling you to withdraw from your, you know, to keep from, you got kids in here. <sighs> Y'all going to have to, you know what I'm saying? We got kids in here. Thank you, Pastor. Telling you to stop because you mad at him or you want that's how you get what you want. That's not how you get what you want, but that is how that other chick going to get what she want. I've been on both sides of that. Don't play with me. Thank God for deliverance. I know, right? Huh? All right. So let's talk. Are you going to keep living in pain of, of your past mistakes and your past where you came from and who did what to you? Because we have somewhere to go. We got things to do. We got ministries to, and businesses to do. You can't be whining about what happened when you was five while you in a board meeting. You want a six-figure job, but you can't handle stress. You want a corner office, but can't go to work on time. Come on. It don't work like that. Well, promotions come for God, but okay, but uh, maybe that's why you ain't got it. So what are you doing about it? Really, what are you, what are you doing about it? Are you buying what we sell in here? Isn't that what pastors say? Are y'all buying what I'm selling? You need to examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. That's 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Test yourself. Ask yourself. Why do I still feel this way? Why am I still struggling with this? Why can't I get over it? 
Well, what are you doing about it? It's not going to happen by osmosis. You're just not going to put your Bible under your pillow and get all that word and just think you're going to wake up and know everything. What are you doing? Have you bought any CDs? And not just the ones from this year. Okay, they might not be electronic, so you're going to have to get a CD player. I found a real nice one on Amazon. You want to know where I got it from? You know, I, I got you. Because you're going to have to go back on your own sometime. Work out your, your salvation. Again, if you hear and you connect it to here, you have no excuse. Regardless of what it is. There's nothing new under the sun. Are you investing in your ministry? If you marry, how many of those family February CD series do you have? Do you have Blueprint? Why did I get married? Family Matters? I know I'm missing some. Come on, 10 years worth of messages that all come with an objective. Every last one of them. Love relationship. Thank you, sir. Relationship one-on-one. This is us. See? Or are you acting like that cosmic cosmic genie we was talking about on Friday? See, you should have been there Friday. The cosmic genie. Will you wish instead of pray, confess, and believe? So you treat God like he a genie, only wishing for what you want. Had to be there. Or you praying like, this analogy I've been using a lot, but most of y'all wouldn't know what I'm talking about. You pray like you throwing spaghetti against the wall, hoping it stick. Lord, I'm believing for my healing. And then you do like this. Because you don't believe, really, hoping it stick. That's not how we operate. We have enough examples in this church that you should know that God is able to do everything, anything, deliver you from anything, everything, teach you about anything and everything you could ever want. If you want to know what a godly, good, godly marriage look like, and I don't mean that fake stuff you see on Facebook. I'm talking about the real thing. We have it. So you should be at their feet and the others because they're not the only ones because they lead by example. Now, we got singles in here that ain't giving it up. Because what you see on social media sometimes is totally different when it get behind closed doors. And everybody ain't doing it. Single folk. All right, y'all. We got to work on our single folk. See, because I don't know about you, I was living my, le- my best life before that song came out. 
Just saying. Why you moved by that? First it was, uh, what is it, golden something, and then you living our best life. Okay, what's next? But weren't you living your best life before that song? But if you've been in the body of Christ and you're not living your best life, you, you need to check some stuff. But here's the thing about being saved. <clears throat> when you came out the world, if somebody told you that this was going to be a piece of cake, they lied. <laughs> so I have a quote. You ready for the first quote? And what it says is, life does not have to be perfect to be beautiful. If you're looking for perfection, I need you to stop looking. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your energy because it's not going to be perfect. And the, and the kids say, if that didn't hit right, I got another one for you. <laughs> got the other one? Nobody promised you a rose garden. In case that other one was too soft for some of y'all. You know, I'm in, I know I'm in Richmond, so you know. <laughs> So you have to determine when you're going through, and this is an easy way to do it. When you're going through, ask yourself, is this an issue, a trial, or a tribulation? Because the latter two, the words, the words that you're going to have, correct? So in 1 Peter 4 and 12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something was strange happening to you. In other words, stop tripping when you have a trial. Just ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn? What are you trying to teach me? It's like Pastor Tina was talking about at, when you ask for patience, patience. When you ask for patience then don't get an attitude every time you put in a predicament where it's testing your patience. Because every time you get mad, guess what you do? Fail that test. Do it again. All day. Do it again. A tribulation is a distress or suffering resulting from oppression or persecution. Romans 12 and 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be in constant prayer. So when you're being persecuted because the word says you're going to get persecuted for his sake, then you be in constant prayer. That's how you deal with tribulation. So when I know it's because of what I do and what I'm called to do and, you know, people telling me, people saying that I dropped my book to get attention. Somebody that used to be close to me. That's a tribulation. You know what I said? Lord, that's your child. You deal with that. I don't have that kind of time. Because if I wasn't in prayer and I didn't see it for the tribulation that it was, I would have let that hurt me. Because that person was extremely close to me. And for you to say, I did that for attention, I could have done better. I could have done way more than drop that book for attention. I ain't trying to tell my, my business for attention. Are you crazy? Now, an issue is something that's unresolved. 
So you put that before the altar, before God, when he identifies it, because trust me, the things that he's read, that you are ready to be delivered from, he will drop it right in front of you. But don't hold on to that issue because it's become your comfort. And in some cases, your excuse. Because if I get healed from this, then I got to check my attitude. Because, see, right now, I can use this hurt to act up and act a fool and tell you just this is just how I am. Yeah, there's two sides to that coin. And some people hold on because they don't want to grow, which is why they don't like you when you do grow. Because you alleviate the excuse. This is what I tell one of my friends. I don't say one Bible verse to her. And what I tell her is you can't say it's not possible because the danger in knowing me back then is you see me then and you see me now, and you can't say it's not possible, and you can't say God can't do it. I don't have to preach to her. My life preached to her. I'm just saying, y'all. You think leaders don't go through? (laughs) My amen corner. You think the leaders don't go through? Do you think the leaders don't go through? Because some of y'all, y'all be like, they don't understand what I'm going through. They don't understand. Yeah, we do. We go through. We go through different. We don't put it on Facebook. We don't tell everybody that call. Some of y'all can't handle what we go through. If some of y'all knew I was struggling, you wouldn't hear me right now. Because you know what you say? I don't know what she up there talking about. She just went through such and such and such last week, last month, last year. But see, when we get up here, we talk in a place of victory. But see, people don't let you talk in victory. Because you know what they want to say? I knew she wasn't all that. The devil is alive. I'm all he said I could be. And I know who to take mine to. I got two best friends that I can trust. Hey, Sheila. And I got parents that I trust. Them. And sometimes I only go to my friends because some stuff I don't want to share with them. I go straight to them. I've told them stuff I've never told anybody. And I haven't heard it back. Because I know when I talk to them, it's in full confidence. All right, I'm going to get off that norm. Let's talk about the norm of abuse. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, whatever. That's your norm. That's not normal. I grew up in a house that was abusive. That was my norm. So, of course, when I started dating and people put their hands on me, of course you're putting your hands on me. Everybody else do it. Of course you only want me for sex. That's what I was used for as a child. But that's not normal. It might be your normal when you was coming up. But in Christ, in his newness, 
That is not normal. And he can heal you, deliver you, so that you and your family and your children and your children's children don't suffer that. But it won't happen if you continue to let it be your norm. Because some people that abuse, they like it. Seduced by that spirit. That's why they work in places where they can abuse people like retirement homes and prisons. Because they can get away with it. It doesn't have to be your routine. Your normal can be one of freedom, peace, and joy. But you have to surrender your entire life. Not parts of it. Well, Lord, I give you this much right now, but I want to hold on to this right now. Because you never know when I got to fuss somebody out. So don't take that part. I'm not going to give you that. Because I might have to defend myself. I might need to get somebody a piece of my mind. And so I don't need the whole mind of Christ. I just need part of it. Because I might need to give somebody that other piece. <clears throat> so what if your norm is giving your body to somebody outside of marriage? For whatever reason. Because you get you insecure. You don't think you're worthy. That's all I got. It is, it's the best you got. So why are you giving it to somebody that does not deserve it? To fulfill a void that only God can fulfill. Been there. Using it as a bargaining chip because you don't have nothing else to give. Using it to manipulate because you don't think you're good enough. Giving it up because this is all, all the love I know. Okay, but if you win Christ, that's not all the love you know. Does it take self-control and growth? Absolutely. But when you get to a place where you let God see you how he see you, and you understand it's a privilege to have you, and I'm talking to men and women. Man, don't let your ego get in the way. That happened to one of my boys. I ain't going to say his name. He not watching, but I'm not going to tell you who he is. And he was keeping himself. He hanging out with this chick. Yeah, not supposed to be, you know, 10 o'clock at night, Netflix and chilling. We didn't have that back then. They doing whatever, HBO, whatever. And so she wanted to, and he was trying to keep himself. And this is how she got him to do it. She called him a punk. And his ego kicked in. I'll show you who ain't a punk. And right then, he lost his witness to her. Because later, when he tried to correct her on something, she was like, who are you talking to? We sleeping together. How are you going to check me? Yeah, he heard it. We gave it to him. And you wonder why this person can pull you in every direction. Him, her, whoever. That one, this one, 
because you've given them a piece of you. And that's why they can pull you in all directions, because you gave up a piece that they didn't rate, deserve, earn by coming down here. Don't you want to know what it's like for your new normal to be wholeness, respect, self-respect, and to honor God with all of you? Don't you want your norm to be to look like something different? And not to be so caught up and don't care if they call or don't call, if I'm in your life or I'm not, to not be able to be manipulated because you're so desperate to have somebody. There's nothing wrong with wanting somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you become so desperate that you compromise who you are or who you say you are, because either you are or you're not. And they got you compromising on every side. including your relationship with God. Your norms will cause you all kind of problems if you don't address them. But you have to take the time and sit down when you're under the word and say, all right, Lord, it's time. Show me me. What do you want next? What part of my life do you want next? Or I say, I have a prayer thing with everything that I want God to deliver me from. And when I get there, I scratch it off. All right, Lord, what's next? What's next? Because I'm tired of living like this. I don't know about you. So don't tell me I don't understand because I do. But I also know what it's like to have that new normal, that newness in Christ that the word promises you. But there has to be some effort from you. We always say, God put soup on my natural. Well, you have to do something in the natural. Whether it's study, pray, get on your face, read a book, whatever. And then he'll put the soup on your natural. But not if you just sitting there and you ain't asking for nothing and you ain't wanting nothing but another stimulus check. What you have to understand is when you get married, been there, done that, when you get married, they have a norm, you have a norm. But the problem is we don't pay attention to the norm because we're so in love. So I had to tell one of my family members, complaining about her husband because, you know, he leave this on the floor and this and because his mama did this and this and this and this and this. And I'm listening to her. I said, but you knew that before you married him. Did you think it was going to change? Did you think that was going to change? So you have one or two choices. You can talk to him about it and ask him to do it, or you can clean up after him. You chose that. But you, didn't, you knew that before you married him, or did you? Or did you not pay attention to that? Was you watching her spending habits before you married her? Do you think them $400 purses going to go away when you get married? Absolutely not, because now she got two incomes. 
I'm just saying, y'all. <laughs> because those things, them little things, become big things when you get married. If it irritates you to have dirty dishes in the sink at night before you go to bed, and she does that, then you need to talk about that. <laughs> That's going to be a fight. You're going to be calling your mom, talking about she don't know how to keep a house. Well, you knew that <laughs> before you married her. Because you don't believe me? Ask them. Them little things, oh, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. That don't bother me. Okay. Everybody's norm is different. <laughs> I had this conversation twice yesterday. They called me up this Saturday morning. What you doing? I'm cleaning house. What are you doing? Because my norm, turn on the reel to reel. That shows you how old I am. Turn on the reel to reel. It's a tape player, y'all. For y'all young people, look it up on Google later. Look it up. And you clean the house on Saturday morning. You don't do anything, go anywhere. You stripping beds, doing laundry. You don't do nothing. And even as old as I am on Saturday morning, that's my norm. Now, if you marry somebody that's not their norm, you're going to have to have a conversation. Or get up and clean the house yourself. And maybe they'll get on board. But what are you going to do if they don't get on board? Clean the house. So you can avoid those heated relationships. I mean, heated fellowships. So let's talk about the norm of escape. Everybody don't have one, so if I'm not talking to you, just pray for the ones that do. Because sometimes when you don't want to deal with your reality and your pain, people have escapes. Sometimes it's drugs. Sometimes it's alcohol. It can be your work. It can be busyness. And in my case, it was television. And that was a learned behavior as well. So when I didn't want to deal with it, I had to have sound on all the time because I didn't want to deal with my thoughts and my pain. TV's in every room, and one of them was always on. And I remember the first time God had me do a fast from TV. This is what happened. I took a deep breath. I said, all right. Listen, that was like this. I was like, okay. All right, Lord, you asked me to do it, I'm going to do it. And I turned the TV off. And as soon as the screen went black, I burst into tears. And for them first three days, y'all, I felt like I was going through withdrawal. Because it had been such a part of my escape. There's somebody in my family that it was so much of their escape. Not only did they watch TV, they taped what they were watching. And then they had stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of VHS tapes of the same thing you've been watching. Something wrong with that. And they ain't never want to do anything. They just wanted to sit behind the television. That was it. And that person's not the only one. So it was also a learned behavior. It's like drugs, because you, you don't have to deal with anything. They give you whatever feeling they give you. You like that feeling, you stay that. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to deal with your thoughts. And that's what you need to deal with. You need to deal with your thoughts and your pain. 
You want to know what I'm talking about? Spend about a couple of hours this week without anything on and see what happens here. But you have to know what to do when them thoughts ain't godly, when they're not good thoughts, when you need to cast down stuff. And then some stuff that come up, you be like, dang, I'm still thinking about that. Let me go to the Word and let me find a book or let me find a series or let me find a CD about that topic so I can learn more about how to deal with it. Because drugs ain't the answer. Alcohol ain't the answer. Sex ain't the answer. All of that stuff is temporary. Healing and deliverance is forever. When I was in the military, I was so, I, I put myself in busyness work so bad that it was the, it was my, I, I, I actually got awarded my first personal award at the lowest part of my life because I was always working. I took my computer home on a four-day weekend because I didn't want to deal with stuff. So be careful of them escapes. Identify them escapes. Okay, I'm going to give you a brief testimony. So recently, I asked God to help me with something. Not simple, just something about me that I didn't like. That was normal for me, but it was, I hated about myself. And what it is, is I, impromptu stuff, my mind shuts down. Just about a year ago, I asked for God to help me. It's the reason why I can't go swimming. Because when I go underwater, my mind shuts down. And they have to jump in the pool and come get me. I panic. It's so bad. It was. It was so bad that when they asked me to do something impromptu, my mind shut down. So I write it down. One, I don't want to mess it up. And two, I don't want to get up here and freeze and mess it up. It was so bad that we, when we was in the office, um, Pastor AJ and Sadell, Elder Sadell, were standing near me talking. And Pastor AJ asked Elder Sadell, not me. Ask Elder Sadell, can you do the tithes and offering announcements? And even here in that conversation, my mind shut down. And I got a knot in my stomach, and I was about to panic. And I said, okay, Lord, this norm right here, I can't keep living like this. It wasn't as important to know why my mind shuts down like that. Because on my job, we'd be on a meeting. They'd be like, Donna, you got something to say? It'd be my meeting. I'd be like, nope. Because panic, my mind shut down. And I just asked for a promotion. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to walk in this, and I'm going to keep doing this, and I'm going to be a leader, even in prayer. The first time they asked me, and I didn't know ahead of time I was going to pray, this is what I said. I said, nope. But I knew that wasn't right. I have an idea of why this happens to me, but that's not as important as getting over it because I'm believing God for certain things in life and on my job. I can't keep living like that and doing that being a business owner. 
where I have to talk to people, maybe talk to investors. Going to these things, talking to people about my book and not letting Elder Sedell do it because she can't do it, trust me. I have to do it. Coming up to people and them talking to me and I'll be ready and able to just talk. So I'm grateful for the prayer and the pressure because I'm better at it. So everything ain't a sin. It's just some things that you desire from God. Every norm, even though I started off with probably some of the worst ones you didn't want to hear today, it's not always that. And then sometimes you need to learn how to see things and that happen as an answer to a prayer. One of the things on my list, I told God I wanted to be a better 5K runner. So when COVID happened, I ain't complained because guess what? All of a sudden, everybody doing virtual 5Ks. I said, oh, Lord, thank you for the answer to my prayer. I can do all this stuff and get all kind of medals. I'm addicted now. <laughs> and I was part of this small group. And they would, you know, tell us how 2020, you know, affected you. And everybody, you know, how, when they got to me, I said, I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't affected that way. That's not my testimony about COVID. It's about perspective. Some people said, Lord, I'm tired of this rat race. I need more time with my family. I want to spend time, more time at home. You got it, now you're complaining. I want more time with my kids. Now you can't stand them. Can't wait for them to get back to school. I know you love your kids. It's a joke, all right? It's a joke. Don't take it so seriously. It's okay. Everything ain't always a sin, but it can be a hindrance. Because some of them hindrances keep you from serving. It keeps you from stepping up and being a leader in this church. You need to get over rejection. That's part of what we do. Everybody don't want your God, and it's okay. What you do? Wipe your feet off. And people going out, if you can't stand with somebody saying, don't talk to me. I don't want what you have. I don't want your God. I don't believe in God. Well, God bless you anyway. Can I pray for you? Mess them up. Can I pray for you anyway? And pray down fire and brimstone. Hope they get blessed. Make them believe. We got a job to do. We got a city to reach. But the small percentage that's doing it, we can't do what we're called to do with just a few that's doing it right. No, I'm sorry. Stop. Back up. Rewind. Yes, we can. We can. We can. Because the ones that's dedicated, they dedicated. We'll do whatever. We don't want 10 hats, but we'll wear 10 hats. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Kingdom Life VA. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.